Welcome everyone to Coaching the Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about teachers and are they really important? Because if we know many parents are taking out their children from the general school system, they're not happy with what's going on with the mandates, with the type of education, with the distance learning, and parents have had enough. So now parents are taking the role as the teacher. But these parents are not equipped to be the teachers. Now, of course, they want the best education for their children. But a parent is going to have many hardships that a teacher is not. And one of those hardships is going to be dealing with procrastination. Early on, probably in the 90s, parents will look at teachers and say, you're just a glorified babysitter. You just sit there and you don't do much. And then... Come 2020, 21, when stay at home, when distance learning was a thing, now parents started to realize maybe they're not glorified babysitters. But that still stands. Are teachers glorified babysitters? And if they are, what do we do about it? That's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Are teachers glorified babysitters and how to fix it? And if so, what are they doing now to not be those type of babysitters? If you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this video on all your social media platforms. So when we look at if a teacher is going to be operating under the bounds of a babysitter, it depends on the mindset of the teacher. Now, we can't simply say that one teacher or another teacher is going to be a babysitter, right? Someone who's not going to do their job. Now, there's a lot of rules in place that teachers must abide by. There's going to be multiple assessments that the teacher must pass each year. And that's going to be done by the principal, administration, your local supervisor. And they're going in to see how you're doing. Are you teaching effectively? And then also to critique your teaching so you can become better. Because we can always use improvements in something we do. We can say, have you tried this yet? Maybe incorporate this. And then that's where workshops come about with teachers. Teachers go to workshops and they gain skills, knowledge, that can help them become better teachers. When you have someone who's working on their craft, day in and day out, they are going to be better equipped to be better educators. Now, that doesn't mean that some teachers have not checked out because there are many teachers that have checked out. And for these type of teachers, we just have to look at their mindset. Are they happy? Do they procrastinate? Do they love their job? And if we just go through that list and check everything off, are they able to be the person that they want to become? Because if they're not happy where they are, what makes you think that they're going to give 100%? So these teachers are going to give 50, maybe less, just to get by. They're going to have classroom management issues. They might not have enough experience. So now they're struggling. And every single day they don't like their job. And it's going to be hard to get rid of them if they have tenured. Now, not saying that it's impossible. It's just more paperwork. And a parent can complain all they want about a teacher a student can complain all they want about a teacher. Parent can complain that 
Their child's not getting the education they should be getting. And rightfully so, right? We want to make sure that the students are getting the best education. Yet, we put them in front of a computer and we say good luck to them. Is teaching the same as it was in the early days, before the 2000s? Let's call it that. Because if we look at how teaching has evolved, we have started to operate in the realms of technology. So technology is able to just teach the children. Listen to this program, follow this reading script, and by the time they're done, they should be able to read. And then, of course, you do writing in class. It's a more hands-off approach to learning. Now, I'm not saying that we need to take away technology from schools because that's not true. It needs to be there. But we just can't put a computer in every single classroom, put the child on the computer, and then forget to do our duties. Because as a teacher, we have to understand how does this child learn and are we going to be able to help them get to where they need to be? And that's going to be on grade level or above. Not every student is going to reach it by the end of the year. People develop differently. Myself, for example, I wasn't the top of the grades in the early years of my schooling. It took me several years to get used to, okay, this is how I learn. This is school. These are good teachers. How do I learn? Key, how do I learn? And for teachers who just pass a packet out, there was a viral video of a student coming to the front of the classroom. He's upset and the teacher is sending him to the office and the teacher just gives them a packet. Here's a packet. Have the packet done. Now, of course, you have to have some type of assessment where we're trying to figure out if the students are learning, right? We have to know that because if they're not, then we need to fix it. So whether that viral video was an assessment and she's just passing out the assessment for them to do, or this teacher has a bad habit of printing out a lot of busy work for the students to do. And this busy work is supposed to teach them. And after I was done with my student teaching in college, I went straight into teaching middle school. And I just did subbing at the time until there was a position open for me. And what I learned during that time was how to teach middle school because they are a different breed, right? How you teach college, how you teach high school, how you teach middle school, and how you teach elementary. They're all different. They require a different teaching style. And for me, luckily, I did have experience in all those areas, so I was able to be flexible. Now, it's difficult, though, to become that adept in so many different styles and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And I had a lot of things going for me. I was young. I was black. I was in shape. And it created a an aura, if you want to say, it was almost like a respect I got from the students. They saw me. They said, oh, this guy is pretty big. Let's not get on his bad side. And of course, when I started to teach and they started to learn, ask questions, I was all about them growing. How can we increase their growth? 
And of course, there's going to be people who check out. Students who are like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they go to detention or they go to a class just to go to class and they just sleep or they just daydream. Whose fault is that? Is it a teacher's fault for not being exciting enough? Is it the parent's fault for not encouraging the child to learn and to educate themselves? Not everyone is going to be so excited about being in school. Now we're having a problem with school because if they don't want to be there, then where do they want to be? Because during the pandemic, everything was closed. Everything was locked down. We had online distant learning. You had a Zoom meeting, Zoom call. How much did they learn? And if we think about it, many people are now behind in their grades. So when we look at if a teacher is a glorified babysitter or if they're an educator who help enrich the next generation, we can see just from that one year of them not being in the school that, yeah, it could be stress that they didn't want to study, they didn't want to learn because they're worried about their livelihood. But I would say that's not going to be as big Because parents typically will take care of that. That's the parent's role. Kid is a kid. A kid doesn't have to deal with an adult problems. Now they have their own kid problems, but they don't have to deal with the adult problems. That means schools are working, right? Kids are able to go to school and learn. But what is happening in certain areas is that the whole environment of the school is just forgotten. Teachers are checking out. They're not getting paid enough for the work they do, and they're having more challenges because their hands are tied behind their back. They can't teach the way they want. They have to basically read a script and saying, this is education. And that's not how people learn. So for all the good teachers out there who want to teach and who want to make sure that the children are getting their best education, keep going, right? You know, don't give up. But for the teachers who are just there to get a paycheck, to have the summers off, understand something. The type of mindset you have, we can probably leave opinion out of the classroom. If you want to give packets, give packets. If you want to give this test, you know, every week, give a test every single week but we don't need your opinion. And what is happening now is that these teachers who are out of shape, unhappy, not reaching their goals in life, are going to school inventing their opinion instead of teaching. We don't have much time during the day. So if we don't have much time during the school day, how in the world are we making time for things like critical race theory or How are we making time for you to talk about your political views or if someone should be wearing a certain type of mask? We don't have time for that. We don't have that luxury. If the students are behind, how can we get them caught up? And the last thing we need is a babysitter who spews what their belief is. Look at the curriculum. Teach the curriculum. That's your job. It is not hard. Now, if you're a good teacher, you go beyond the curriculum. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go to beyond the curriculum, but set that child up for success. 
because when they hit eighth grade, maybe high school, in between that point, we have to look at how they're developing. And not every student is going to go to college, and that's fine. You don't need college in order to be successful. However, college does teach you many things and gives you many experiences that you can get in the real world. It's just that many people choose to be lazy. They would rather not go to school and just sit home and do nothing. So we have a bad habit happening. That is going to be instilled in how they view their environment. So when they see teachers who are out of shape, when they see teachers who are unhappy or stressed out, and rightfully so, teaching is very stressful, but now if something doesn't go their way, parents come in, save the day, right? Parents will come in and say, my child is smart and they don't deserve the grade you gave them. Give them an A. And the principal and the teacher says, all right, here's your A because it's not worth the headache. It is not. Now, of course, you can stand firm and make sure that they don't get the grade that they want. You give them the grade that they earned. It's just that you have to understand teachers would rather just not have the headache. And if they understand you're that type of parent, they already check your kid off. They're done. So as a parent, you're doing a huge disservice to your child if we're just giving them A's and they haven't earned those A's or a good grade and they haven't earned that good grade. Because when you get the report card, oh, you got all A's, you're doing great. When in reality, they might be behind. They might not be able to read. They might not know simple arithmetic. And that's where we have to fight for education. We don't need people to be babysitters. We need people to teach. And whether it's a parent or a teacher, we need someone to teach them. And that doesn't mean giving them packets. That doesn't mean putting them in front of a computer or on an iPad or a laptop. It means getting our hands into the mix of education. Once again, we need to get in within six feet. COVID rules do not apply and say, how can I help you? Where are you stuck? And then look at where they're stuck and help them get past that hurdle. And then keep helping them grow and become better. And then that child's going to look back, whether it's a parent or a teacher, they're going to look back at that moment. And they're going to say, thank you for helping me become a better writer. Thank you for helping me become better at math. Because they want to. No kid wants to just get an F on a test. If you're a teacher and you walk around and you're passing out the test, either you fold the test, you give it to them, or you put the test upside down. And now the anxiety is kicking in. The child's like, all right, if I don't have a good grade, my parent is going to kill me. I'm going to lose my game time or I'm not going to be able to go out with my friends or I'm going to lose my cell phone. It's a different type of stress. It's a different world. And now we're living in a world where now parents are fighting for simple rights where we don't want our children to be mass. We don't want our children to be going out and having to be following a mandate that is not necessary for them. Because if we look at the science early on, children are safe. But then all of a sudden, if you want to give it to them, it'll be a good idea. As a parent, you choose what's best for your child. 
Your child should be a reflection of the masterpiece you would like to create, your artwork, your art form. And if you're going to simply allow someone else to raise your child, understand that you might get that babysitter. Now your child is not ready for the world, and who's to blame? It's not going to be that teacher. It's not going to be that school. It's going to be the parent. And right now we have parents and teachers coming together, fighting the school boards, and letting their voice be heard because they have something to say. The teachers has finally realized, parents have finally realized the values of teachers. And there's so many wonderful teachers out there. And what needs to start to happen is we need to start to reform how we teach because how we learn is already there. But how do we teach? Just because technology is making advances doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the most effective way. Now, for some children, that might be effective. But what do you do when a child is going to be dealing with family issues? They're not going to necessarily want to go to school and say, I want to learn. They might be checked out already. They might be worried about what's going on at home. A child should not be worried about adult problems. And yet we make it so publicized what is going on in the world. You can't turn on the news without a little bit of fear and a little bit of mayhem. And now children see that. That becomes their environment and they learn the behavior. Terrorist. These people should be thrown in jail. And yet they have done nothing wrong. So we are teaching them the opposites of what we really should be teaching them. We should teach them to be good people, not to be afraid, to be ambitious, to not see people as leopards because people are good. And to not tell them that they can't operate under the bounds of who they are. Don't change someone because you want them to change or be a certain way. Let them grow up and be individual. Because from age to 11 to 13, that's when they start to find themselves. By that time, you should have already gave them enough input where they can create a good output. And if you haven't done that, whether it be the teacher or the parent, we have to get more good output happening in the world. Because the voices of the teachers and parents are rising and people are starting to listen. And it's going to be only a matter of years before teachers and parents come together and they realize that they're on the same side. Teachers want to make sure that they're able to teach their class, their children, their students the best they can. And parents will love for their children to get the best education that they possibly can get, whether they're in public school, private school, it doesn't necessarily matter the school type. Education should be prominent. People should seek education. And of course, we're going to have issues with the quality control of teachers, the quality control of students, the quality control of parents, because everyone's going to be operating under the bounds of their beliefs and their opinions. And that's going to be difficult to shake. How can we get around that? Well, the first step is that we have to understand that our teachers should be valued. Because if they're not valued, how can they operate under the bounds of, I'm doing something productive in my life, I'm going to give 100%. Because if they don't feel appreciated, then they don't want to do the work. 
They're going to come in and they're going to give 85% one day. They're going to come in and they're going to give 50% one day. And it keeps going downhill. So now we're not getting the best teachers. We're just getting half of what the teacher is offering. We're getting half of their potential. So we need to start to get that potential up and leave opinion out and bring education in. Now, of course, you can have your beliefs and still be a teacher. You can have your opinions and still be a teacher. But there has to be some type of balance that when it comes to education, if it's not your child, opinion stays out. We hit them with the facts. We hit them with the data. And this is not CNN data. All right. We're not looking for false data, false evidence. We're not looking for some type of propaganda that doesn't necessarily mean truth. We want what that child needs in order for them to be successful. And that's going to be bringing back them learning languages a proper way, immersion, and then going into teaching them how to survive in the world, whether that be accounting, finance, balancing checkbooks, stocks, investing, maybe home ec, CPR, first aid, sex ed, all that has to be spoken about because we have an issue. And the issue is we are just allowing the government necessarily to tell us what to teach. Give us a script and now we are just script readers. And it doesn't matter if you're a parent or a teacher because there's a lot of parents who have contacted me and they ask me, how would I teach my children? And they say, I have all the books. I have all the paperwork for them to get ready and to be on grade level. But they're having a hard time still. A few things about that. Number one, they didn't get the learning. They didn't get the education. That does take time. Teaching is an art form. Then you have to deal with your lesser self. Because if you are not 100%, how can you give your children 100%? And if you're used to procrastinating, if you're used to wasting time, if you're used to being so stressed where you don't take action, how in the world do you believe that you can teach your children? It's difficult. So we need to stop operating under the realms of teachers versus parents. We need to say good teachers come together with good parents to create a coalition that's going to help demolish the current infrastructure of the school system so we can start to reformat how children learn, how the schools are set up, and then that we can make progress in education because there's no reason why one year sets everyone back so much. Yes, I understand distant learning. I understand this is the first time this has happened in many people's lives. So it's going to be a difficult road. We understand that but the road has to be taken. Otherwise, the leaders of our next generation are going to grow up unequipped to handle the situations that they should be equipped to handle. And as long as the government keeps passing their laws and as long as the government keeps telling us what to say and what to do, how to operate, it's just going to create a divide. And that divide is going to create emotional tension, whether it be parents, teachers, or students. And that is not a good environment for learning. So are teachers glorified babysitters? And the answer is not all of them. I would love to say 90% of teachers are good teachers, but I have spoken with teachers all over the nation and they say the same thing, that they love teaching, that they love their children, 
in the class, and they want them to do good. It's just difficult with the hand they have been dealt. They don't have enough funding. They don't have the support. And if we know anything about mindset, and if we know anything about work and the human nature of the brain, if we see a lot of work, we avoid it. So I can understand why teachers get a bad rap and are called glorified babysitters because they just simply watch their children during the day. And then when their kid gets home, they don't understand the question. When the parent asks them, what did they learn that day? Because it's more than just what knowledge did you learn? How are you developing? And it's more as the psychology of humans. There is a problem. There is a solution. And no matter how many parents get thrown out of PTA meetings, no matter how many teachers get silenced or fired, there's going to be a voice that's going to be heard. And that's going to be the coming together of parent and teachers under the premise of making sure that children are able to get the education they need, regardless of a pandemic, regardless of the teacher, and regardless of what is happening in the world. My name is Michael Raritan. I'm a mindset coach here in Austin, Texas. If you have any questions, you can email me, coachingincession at gmail.com. I will see everyone on Friday for our next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone take care.